When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN2, ESPNU, and of course, the ESPN app. If you're watching on TV, you see CC dancing. <laughs> oh, sure. Beautiful. It's a banger right Smalls here, man. This is a banger. And me, Evan Cohen. I know you're probably not familiar with this work, but it's okay. Why? Who? I'm just saying. Why you got to look at me like that? I'm just, I'm just saying I'm, I'm sure you're probably not familiar with his work. Oh, I love him. Okay. okay. I mean, he's right. my favorite All right. artist. Keeping it, keeping it pushing. You know who this is, Smalls? No. It's all right. It's okay. Who is it's it? Right. Just tell us. No, it's okay. You don't know Keep either. Okay. All right. Tell us. All right. If no. If I can hear the voice, I might be able to know. No, let's just keep it. It's Javante Lawrence. That's who it is. No, it's not Javante. Oh, okay. Stop right. yourself. All right. Tune in tomorrow. By the way, during a National League battle, Cubs host the Diamondbacks. Coverage begins one thirty p.m. Eastern in ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Last night, just a phenomenal victory. Opening night of the NFL season, Detroit over Kansas City, twenty-one twenty. Kansas City was up fourteen-seven at the half. A fake punt leads to that Detroit touchdown early on. Kansas City answers. That botched snap I thought was huge, and then the fumble in the red zone there in the first half, and Mahomes, of course, leads them to a drive to go up 14-7. You're thinking maybe they're getting that middle eight. The middle eight in the NFL games, the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half, huge, and big swing piece in games. And Kansas City had the ball to end it and to start it, obviously, in that spot, but they didn't get it done. They're up 17-14 with 12-11 to go. They have the ball in the Detroit 21-yard line, fourth and two. For whatever reason, they decide to kick a field goal. Still don't understand that. And Detroit and Jared Goff and company do a tremendous job spraying the ball all over the field with different receivers yesterday. And then down 21-20, Kansas City was, to the Lions, which was the final score of the game. Inexplicably, fourth and 25 from the 30-yard line, 209 to go in three timeouts. They go for it. Just brutal, absolutely brutal decision by the Kansas City Chiefs. Inexplicable. CeCe, you have said all show long that if you're going to do that and you're going to fail, let the other team, in this case Detroit, score to get the ball back potentially down eight. They didn't do that either. Yeah, that was the only thing that made sense. So you really have to question that decision for Andy Reid, especially when you got a bank full of timeouts. That didn't make sense to me in real time. It doesn't make sense to me right now. But the moment that you're talking about in the red zone when you have an opportunity, fourth and two, to decide that you're not going to try to push the envelope and get a touchdown and settle for the three points and only go up six just didn't make sense either. So I thought there were spots where Andy Reid could have chosen to be more aggressive. But certainly at the end of the game, that's not what you want. But give credit to this Detroit Lions defense. I mean, in the fourth quarter, the two drives that Kansas City Chiefs had were both three and outs. Like, they did a really good job. Now, of course, they were aided by the drop by Kadarius Toney and the penalty by Jawan Taylor uh, being uh, offsides or the holding. So I I think there were so many opportunities for Kansas City to try to swing the momentum in their favor, but the Detroit Lions defense rose up and was able to make enough plays. They put pressure on Pat Mahomes, 18 pressures last night by that defense, seven quarterback hits. I know everybody wants to focus on the sack total. It was only one sack, but the amount of pressure that they put on Mahomes – 
uh, didn't allow him to get comfortable throughout the entire night, and that's why you saw that defense really step up and win the game for the Lions in the second half. The Lions pressured Mahomes 40% of the time last night. Yeah. Yeah, they were really disruptive with him. I thought that – a were, lot of pressures. Yeah, <laughs> they, the Lions' defense really stepped up, especially in the second half. But the Chiefs had so, so many self-inflicted wounds on this one. The drops were such a storyline. Obviously, Kadarius Tony with three. But four of those drops, three of them came on third down plays. The Chiefs 0-7 on third downs in the second half. They were, they were a mess because of the drops. Absolutely a mess. And the pressure, what was interesting about the pressure, there were multiple plays where guys were just hanging on Mahomes' ankle. Yeah. Like literally just hanging on Jeff Van Gundy, uh, Alonzo Mourning style. Yeah. Like just <laughs> hanging on, right? Like and that's literally what it looked like last night at times, as the video even shows that if you're watching on the TV side, uh, Jarek McKinnon drops a pass there. A um, couple of other things that were interesting from this game. How about Chris Jones, who's holding out, right? Mm-hmm. you got Chris Jones, no Chris Jones, and no Travis Kelsey. I'd argue that Kelsey's absence hurt them more. Mm-hmm. Are you guys agreeing? No doubt, that? About okay. no doubt about it. So Chris Jones pulled an interesting move. He goes to the game and sits in a suite. Would you do that if you were holding out? No, it makes sense because you don't want to be on the sideline and a distraction. Like but if go at all, you if really? He, if he, well, he, you wouldn't just watch at home. Well, he's going to no, rejoin no, his he, team. He, well, he listen, he was at them, the right? charity event for Ronald McDonald House, so it's not as if he's disassociating himself with the Kansas City Chiefs. And he said it; he's not taking it personal. This is just business. So he's going to the game to support his teammates, but he's staying out of sight of the cameras because that then becomes a focus and potentially a distraction. And your teammates are out there trying to win a game. So I thought. That shows a little bit of awareness on Chris Jones's part. But last night, the fact that they weren't able to get Jared Goff on the ground more, the fact that they weren't able to make him more uncomfortable, shows the value of what Chris Jones brings to the table. They absolutely got to find a way to get that guy on the contract. You got to tell us how the inner workings of this stuff works. Does he pay for that ticket? Does the team give him the ticket in the suite? How does Chris Jones fit? There ain't a team that I've played for where the team is allowing guys to have tickets to the suite. So he's he's connecting to someone. He or might buying. he might own his own suite at wow. the stadium. A lot of players buy suites for their families. Did you ever do that or no? To, I didn't. No, 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 no. I'm cheap, Evan. <laughs> One of the things <laughs> you got a cheap parking I, I spot. I, didn't, no, no, no. I love money and I love holding on to it. Let's rebrand that. You're frugal. I'm frugal. Cheap is a bad one. Yeah, I know, but yeah. when it comes to your mom and dad, the fact that I didn't spring for mom and dad to be in a box, that's kind of that's cheap. Where did it's your okay. parents sit when you played? Well, my parents, they actually sat. They used to go on StubHub and buy their own tickets to sit behind our bench. So, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm your bad. parents were going you to didn't, StubHub? You didn't pay for them. Your, I know that your parents have jobs and are successful, smart people. But like you didn't, you didn't pay for your parents. Am I a bad guy for that? No, I would do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> my dad would have a seat. I don't know where my mom would sit. <laughs> I would get my dad no, a ticket. No, it's dad's job to pay for mom's ticket too. Oh, you're putting oh, this on your dad yeah, now? It's dad's job to pay for mom's wow. ticket too. There you go. Wow, he just put it on free. His dad. The tickets ain't free. That's a good story. You do get free, free tickets, just not for, in for the home spot games, you want. For the home games. For the home games. Okay. For the home games, I get three free tickets for the home. Games. And where were your parents living when you were in the league? They're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, so they, unless they're flying you're playing, to all, they're flying all okay. of the games. And yeah. you were paying for that, I'm sure. No. He's financially responsible, no. Evan. He's not paying no. for that. So, wait a minute. No flights. Like, what about night before the game? Would you Evan, what you got to know about me is I'm like Scrooge McDuck. I love money. I'm probably the person that loves money the most on this radio network. I would like to hoard all my money and just go swimming in it in a money bin. Like, if I could have it my way. That's what I would want. Like, I so yeah, I'm like. Mom and dad got it. They can take care of themselves. They're good. 
Is your they're dad, good. Are they bitter about that at all? No, they're not you? bitter about that. Okay. They got a chance to go to NFL games and see their son play. Oh, see, and I'm That's the opposite. Right. I would be so broke. See, see, I would take the opposite of you. You're I, everybody I, with I, the, oh my God. the whole hood coming to I see Smalls play. I'm going MC Hammer style. I'm yeah. spending it all. I yeah, can't now, if I had Joe Burrow money, that'd be a different story, right? I mean, you could buy all the sweets. I love how you're spinning it that way, as if the salary actually mattered for a $200 flight. Give me a break. And yes, I nailed my prediction yesterday, so you all can thank me. Great job by you, I said Thank you. The Chiefs would win by double digits. What was it? Wake up, you said? Wake Wake up. up. Chiefs will win by double digits. Pay attention. Why are the Lions even playing in this game? Yeah, anyway. I got to ask you a question, though. I mean, just watching that game last night, I'm not worried about the Kansas City Chiefs because we've seen them get out to slow starts before. A couple of years ago, they got out to a slow start. They still ended up making it to the Super Bowl. My question is this. Are we sold that the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff can compete at a championship level? Are we there yet? I was way more sold after last night than I was beforehand, I, well, obviously. I, but I wasn't. As well, good, you had as them good, winning the Super Bowl as, yesterday, no, basically. No, no as, good as, as good as Detroit played last night, and hear me on this, as good as they were last night, I thought there were moments where Jared Goff underwhelmed. I really did. Like, there are situations where he's taken sacks that he took a sack that he had no business on third and five and plus territory. That just shouldn't happen. But I'm just sitting there looking at it. Jared Goff on that fourth and two when they're trying to put the game away – You've got to scramble and get the first down. There is literally nobody to the left side of the formation, and yet you throw it into double coverage and the ball gets batted down at the line of scrimmage. Those types of things can't happen. And in your productivity in the second half, outside of that touchdown drive, their offense did nothing, nothing. Their defense kept them in that game, and I will give – Credit where credit is due. He made some plays, including that 33-yarder to Reynolds off a play action that set up the go-ahead touchdown. But outside of that, Jared Dolph did nothing for an entire half of football. And I don't know that that's going to be good enough to not only compete at a championship level, but to actually win the NFC North. I don't know. Their championship odds increased. Well, that's great. Yeah, I'm just saying, we put up the graphic here on the ESPN2, ESPNU side, where their championship odds increased from plus 1,000 before the season to plus 675, which is slightly behind the odds to win the NFC, uh, slightly behind Dallas, San Francisco, and, of course, Philadelphia. But let's not throw a parade for the Detroit Lions today, okay? They went in there, and they beat a shorthanded Kansas City Chiefs team. The Chiefs didn't have two of their top three players and we said that if they didn't win that game then all of a sudden there's a lot of doubt there are a lot of questions maybe the Lions aren't who they thought they were for the entirety of the offseason so they took care of it mission accomplished but they beat the Chiefs by one point by one point now I get it Andy Reid screwed up I I get it Huge, huge stage Four drops. Listen, if we're talking about that holding call from Donovan Smith, not negating that 24-yard completion, but was it 24? To Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony catches that pass, this is a completely different ball game, probably a different outcome. So let's not break out the pom-poms. Let's not plan the, the parade in the 3 one just yet. Like, Detroit took care of their business. They took care of the breaks. They took advantage of the breaks in the game that they got. Yes. But still, to me, that game was more about the Kansas City Chiefs losing it than the Detroit Lions winning it. So you, you're telling us that you learned more about the Chiefs than you did the Lions last Yes, night. exactly. Okay. A thousand percent. So I always try to spin it forward. I try to say, what did, what did I learn about this team and what can we potentially look at moving forward? So I looked at the games that they have before their bye week. They play Seattle week two. Following that, Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Baltimore and Vegas. Outside of Baltimore, any of those teams you think after last night that the Lions really can't stack up with? No. 
In Baltimore, you could even put in that conversation. Yeah. Seattle, you can put in that conversation. Yeah. Even though they're missing Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, they went into Arrowhead and they beat the Chiefs in opening weekend, the night that they unveiled their banner. But Wait, I think the smalls. point that Evan and I are making yeah. is that the Chiefs beat themselves with poor oh, decision-making from Andy Reid. Which and is stunning. With all, Don't go further than that. Go to that for a second. Think about what we're saying. Night one, week one of the NFL season, we're saying Andy Reid deserves a little bit of a hit here. But That's me, stunning. But, but let me ask you this question. Yeah. How much of Eric Bieniemy going to the Washington Commanders factors into that, right? Another good question. Think about that. Eric Bieniemy takes a lot of the responsibility from the uh, the offensive play calling duties, the coordinator duties, like the game plan prep on the offensive side of the ball, the work with Pat Mahomes. How much of that responsibility has Andy Reid now taken on in addition to game management? Like that's that, an, that, I'm going to tell you why that's actually an, too. It's an impossible question to answer, and here's why. What? Every time Eric Bieniemy went on a job interview for a head coach, the whole thing was, is he calling plays? Is he not calling plays? How much power does he have? We have no idea what he actually did there. We know he did a lot, but we don't know what he actually did because nobody gave him credit for it. But here's what I know he did. He actually was there as a sounding board for Andy Reid, even if Andy Reid was Fair. calling the plays. He's putting together the breakdowns for the film to watch opposing defenses ahead of time, personnel groupings, all of those different things. The, the minutia of putting together an offensive game plan, even if he's not calling plays – it takes up mental energy for Andy Reid, and then you're talking about another layer when it gang- when you're talking about the head coach being a game manager. So all I'm saying is consider Eric Bieniemy not being on the sidelines and that change factoring into some of the Fair. outlier decisions that we saw Andy Reid make last night. Smalls, i got to put your feet to the fire on this because okay. you just may have made a massively bold statement. What? Seahawks, Falcons, at the Packers, Panthers, at the Bucks. Let's do it before they even get to the Ravens. That's the Lions schedule. Okay. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Are you saying the Detroit Lions right now, Michelle Smallman, are you saying they're going to start the season 6-0? I'll do it. 6-0. and oh. That's a bold, wow. It's a bold take, but why so, not? It's well, the 313 bold take, Cotton. <laughs> 313 hates me today. They love you. But I feel as if. It's probably not going to happen. No, don't do this. But I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. I'm going to do it anyway because I like what I saw last night. And think about the galvanizing effect that this can have. Yes, Kansas City beat themselves in a lot of ways. But think about how this is going to impact that locker room. But, but, but that cuts both ways, though, Smalls. I mean, even though they proved to themselves that they can play at that level, don't take the cheese. Bill Parcells used to say this all the time. Don't take the cheese. Don't think you're better than you actually are. And with a team like Seattle coming up, like, that could be a situation where they get punched in the mouth and come back to the earth. Listen, you got to stack your wins. You want to try to win each and every week. But you're starting over every single week when it comes to preparing. You just don't pick up where you left off in the final game. All right, if we take the cheese, I'll take Swiss or smoked Gouda. I don't know how you guys feel about that. That, that would be my I'm, top two. I'm more two. of a cheddar guy. Cheddar? Mozzarella. Mozzarella. Cheddar, cheddar, All right, there's your te- power yeah, yeah. four or five yeah. of cheeses. Don't ranked. take the cheese, Detroit. Don't take Unless the cheese. Unless it's Swiss or smoked Gouda. Don't take the Coming cheese. Coming up, how will Joe Burrow's new deal impact Dak Prescott and the Cowboys? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. I don't watch it like. You know, like this, you know this one? You know this one? Yes, but I... What's this, Essence, right? Yeah, or there, you go, ask us, there you go, Smalls. Oh, wow. There you go. Wow. There you go. Feels like Smalls going into the club with this one. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, see, you know what I'm learning right now? What? I can rock with Smalls Spotify. I don't know about yours. Oh. Like, I can put your Spotify on, you know, you. on the drive home. I don't know about your Spotify. I don't know. It would be ESPN Radio on my Spotify. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just be grainy. All right, well, uh, maybe I'll make you a playlist. Okay. Let's, you want yeah, me to make, make, make me a playlist? I have to make you a playlist. Make me a playlist. Oh, okay. Evan, Evan's guy. playlist. I want to okay. check it out. All right, I'm going to have to yeah, make put, you a put playlist. Put me on to something different. Yeah, let okay. me check out okay. Evan's playlist. Killers. Here we go. Killers? I love Killers. Not familiar with their work. What? I heard I heard of them. Killers? Mr. Brightside? I'm not familiar with their work. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter, joins us now. Um, Dan, do you think, do you think based on what you're hearing, CC has good taste in music? Could you make him a playlist, Dan? I probably could not. I I, I don't think. Yeah. I, I, I would be surprised if that matched up. What would be the number one song on Dan Graziano's playlist? Oh, uh, American Girl, Tom Petty. Oh, that was quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Uh, Dan, did you learn more last night about the Lions or the Chiefs? Oh. Lions, I think. Yeah, Lions, Lions. Because the Chiefs, I don't think we're the Chiefs. They, they, it'll look different with Kelsey and Chris Jones there, and, and they'll be, they'll both be there at some point. So I think Chiefs will be fine. Um, you know, it is interesting, though, when you look at, like, Travis Kelsey, right? Like, he's 34 years old. Like, and the fact that he's hurt, like, it, it's not a serious injury. They expect him back maybe as soon as, as, as week two. But um, it's a reminder, right, that, like, he's not going to be able to go forever. And they're going to have to find somebody reliable um, in addition to him. Last night, nobody was. So it, it's an interesting little red flag. But I think for me, the Lions, like the fact that they were able to push the Chiefs around with their offensive line, like in a league where everyone is looking for offensive line help, the Lions have a good one. And that is an advantage for them going forward as they try to establish themselves. And the fact that, that, that they came up with an actual win as opposed to like a close moral victory type loss in Kansas City, uh, it, it only really sort of, sort of serves to validate what they already thought they had going on. Dan, last night only one sack on Jared Goff throughout the entire game. Uh, did, did that help in terms of Chris Jones's contract holdout, <laughs> potentially pushing the Kansas City Chiefs closer to what he's looking for? 
I, I mean, we'll find out. I mean, I, I would think the loss helps, right? Like being 0-1 is, is, a, is a factor. And they got Jacksonville in week two, which is no pushover. Uh, so if you're thinking about being 0-2, yeah, that, that's, I think, if you're Chris Jones at this point, that's what you're hoping for. Not that you're hoping your team loses, but that you're hoping things happen to, to show them how valuable you are. You know, they, they have a gap to bridge. They, they, there is, there's a lot of room between the highest-paid defensive tackle, Aaron Donald, and the second-highest, Quinton Williams, and, and, and there's like an $8 million gap there in terms of average salary. So that's been hard to bridge, uh, and right now we'll see if the Chiefs move at all toward him as, um, as the weeks go along. But they've, they've held firm. And, guy, I mean, this is a team that traded Tyreek Hill because they didn't think they were going to want to pay him a new contract. So it's not as if they haven't dug in and held the line before. We'll see how much they can tolerate. If they start losing more games, I wonder if it, uh, if it, if it convinces them to come up. Dan, a guy that did get paid is Joe Burrow. Five years, $275 million. Can the Bengals keep Jamar Chase and T. Higgins after this deal with Joe Burrow? They hope so, and they think so. It's interesting that Higgins did not get a deal done this offseason. I guess it's still possible, but it sounds like maybe not, which means he'd be a candidate for the franchise tag. And, Michelle, until we see like exactly how the Burrow deal is structured, uh, it's hard to really forecast it, right? Because like if, 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 if there's a smaller cap hit in 2024, maybe that allows them to franchise Higgins and also sign Chase. So um, a lot will depend on that and how Burrow was willing to work with the team in terms of structure. He indicated strongly a couple of times in press conferences that he was willing to do a team-friendly structure to try and keep all these guys together. So that was definitely a topic during negotiations, and once we see the actual contract and how it's built, I think we'll have a sense of how realistic it is. But it's something the Bengals know is coming, and, uh, and they're trying to plan for it, so they, they think they can keep it all together. Uh, but the fact that Higgins didn't sign this year... Uh, and if he doesn't get a contract before the season starts or sometime during the season, uh, makes it a little more challenging. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you, joined by Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter. Dan, now that Burrow is paid, who's the next quarterback to get paid? Well, it could be Mahomes. I think, I think Mahomes has a lot of years left on his deal, but I think there's a mutual acknowledgement there between him and the team that you know now being the ninth highest paid quarterback, that's probably, that doesn't really line up with exactly where he actually ranks. Uh, it's probably about off by about eight spots. Um, so I think they may have to make an adjustment there. But that's a different situation because his contract is very long and, and very team-friendly, and, and anything they do to it probably will be as well. So we have our eye on a couple people. Number one, uh, Dak Prescott, two years left on his deal. They elected not to do the extension this offseason, maybe floated into next year. That was a contentious negotiation the last time and probably will be again. Last night's winning quarterback Jared Goff has two years left on his deal. You wonder if at some point, if they have success, the Lions think about extending him. Uh, he's a relative bargain in the mid-$20 million a year. And then the, the most interesting one to me is Tua Tungavailoa, right? They, they picked up the fifth-year option for 2024. Going into next offseason, they'll have a decision to make about whether to extend him. Uh, a lot rides on Tua's year. If he has a big year, he could join the ranks of these $50, $55 million a year guys. If he has a bad year, they could be looking for another solution. So that's a that's a fascinating one to watch going forward. Dan will be covering the Cowboys and Giants, a.k.a. the Canty Bowl on <laughs> the Sunday. Canty bowl. The Canty Bowl. Dan, enjoy. Thanks so much for a couple of minutes. We appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. All right, there he is. Dan Graziano, of course, ESPN NFL reporter. Coming up, we will walk this way. It's like that. It'll get a little tricky in here next on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Things happen fast around here. This is Run EMC. Again, the guy <laughs> glued his feet to the... <laughs> the ground that's, the wild. that's wild. That's wild. That I story just will never it. not be funny. It doesn't make sense to me, though. Like, of course w- w- not. What part of the game is that? Like, okay, this is the strategy. We're going to protest, and a part of the protest, I'm going to glue my feet to concrete. It's how does that make sense? If I'm trying to make a point, I want to hurt you, not me. But here's the thing: Why you're, would I hurt you're myself? Try, you're trying to make a point. And yet you're displaying behaviors that make you seem very irrational. You don't it doesn't, say. It doesn't make you seem like you got it all together. Remember I don't. That? I don't know that I can take you seriously, whatever point you're trying to make, because I don't know that you're sane. That's a great point. Do you guys remember at the Timberwolves game this year? Yes. The guy or gal, whoever it was, who tied themselves to the <laughs> basket. Yeah. Glutes what does that do? Too. I mean, what does that do? It does nothing. All right, time for some nothing. Run EMC. Evan, Michelle, Chris. Nuno will give us a question, and we will run EMC. What do you got, Nuno? All right, Canty. As you heard in that uh, region we played, you hating on the Lions. So, Canty, why do you hate the Lions? I don't hate the Lions, Nuno. I'm actually wearing a Honolulu blue shirt right now in support of the Lions' win. I don't hate the Detroit Lions. Why would I hate the Lions? I picked them to win last night. Thank you very much. And plus the four and a half. Doesn't hurt anybody. But I actually picked them to win the NFC North. I like the defense. The the head coach is a former teammate of mine. The defensive coordinator is a former teammate of mine. I I want the Lions to have success. I'm just not buying into their quarterback. And I have good reason. Because when you need him to step up the most, Jared Goff comes up small. And last night in the second half, their offense did nothing outside of that touchdown drive. Their offense in the second half, punt, punt, punt. Touchdown, turnover on downs, and that was the end of the game. Okay. Their offense was terrible. I'm going to tell you something, CC. We've worked together, what, Michelle, four days now? Four days. Four days. I have more respect for you for, with this take than any take you've had up until this point. Why I'm going to tell you why. I don't like when we all play results. Yesterday, you said you think the Lions could be a big-time team. You yes. watched them play last night. They won, and you actually are coming in today saying maybe they're actually not as good as I thought they were. I love that. I love doing things like, hey, if I'm going to be critical of something, do it out of a place of strength. Three of us had a nice little meeting yesterday. Would you, would you agree with yeah, that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Right? And we did it maybe out of a place of strength instead of a place of weakness. And I think that's the best time to be critical. If you look at it, the Lions won. And if you're going to sit there and say, you know, 
I'm now going to treat you like a big-time team, and if I'm going to treat you like a big-time team, there are things you need to do. That's a, sh- a sign of respect, and I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I just knocked over my coffee. Uh, again, what are you it's, calling it, to me? Yeah. If we're looking at that game last night, and I, and I know we can play the hypothetical game, but what happens if Donovan Smith doesn't get a holding call and that completion of Sky Moore doesn't get called back? What happens if Kadarius Coney makes that catch on the second-to-last drive? It's a completely different game and a completely different result. So as great as Detroit's defense played last night, I thought their offense in the second half let them down, and that could come back to bite you, and it might not take that long because they've got a really tough Seattle Seahawks team in week two. And all I'm going to say is this. Handling success is not an easy thing when you have the level of expectations that are on the Detroit Lions this season. There's a lot of young are you guys. Talking to us or the Lions? I'm just, talking to the Lions. Okay. I'm talking to the Lions. <laughs> the Lions, a lot of those young Lions players have no idea to handle these expectations yeah. and to how they handle success. This has been a franchise that's done a lot of losing. So how they handle that, how they handle this mini bye week. It's a compliment that they have, what you're doing. It is a compliment. It's a but how you, yeah. handle, but how you handle this mini bye week, all of those things matter if your team truly has championship expectations. But it's interesting that you say about handling the pressure because everything we've heard from them is we expect to win. Post game last night, Jared Goff, we expected to come into Arrowhead and beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Dan Campbell after the game, I didn't learn anything about this team. It only reaffirmed what I already knew. They already have that mindset. It doesn't seem like they're thinking about the the pressure externally as if it's a surprise to them. Yeah, it's easy to have that mindset when week one you got the reigning defending Super Bowl champs. Let me see you keep that up for 16 more weeks. That's what I need to see. That's what I want from Detroit. All right, we're walking EMC at this point. We're not uh, running. Let's, let's, let's run. Let's run. Let's run. You don't All put right. me in a position where I had to defend Come on, myself. No, no. Oh, yeah, it was my fault. It is uh, your fault. All right. I must leave you for last because, Canty, because I know you're going to go off on this. So, Michelle, I'll start okay. with you. How much pressure is on Lamar to to prove why he got this deal. A lot of pressure is on Lamar to prove why he got this deal. We know that he was an MVP, but since then, the numbers haven't been MVP-like. That season, 13-2, and 36 passing touchdowns, 7 rushing touchdowns. And the past two seasons combined, and I know there's been injuries, 15-9, and 9, 33 touchdowns, 5 on the ground. He's got to come out and show why he secured the bag. Okay, let me, let me just say this. This is an unfair question. Why are we not asking this question about Justin Herbert? Why are we not asking this question about Joe Burrow already? I I don't understand this. Lamar Jackson is actually a lot more proven than most of the other guys that have gotten these contracts. That for whatever reason, Lamar Jackson has become a lightning rod, yet his career has far exceeded expectations for a guy that was drafted last overall in the first round of the NFL draft. This guy has already won an MVP. He's been in the playoffs. People were critical of his playoff success, and then he was decent in the playoffs after that. I understand the end of last season, but we ask questions about Lamar. For whatever reason, we don't ask about other guys. You know what he has to prove? Nothing. He just has to be the guy he's been when he's been healthy. Yeah, co-sign on exactly what you said, Cohen. Here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. All this dude does is win. Since he's coming to the league in 2018, he's got a 74% winning percentage. He wins 74% of the games that he starts. That's second only to Pat Mahomes, despite only having one season where he's had a 1,000-yard receiver. Go figure that out in the modern era of the NFL, where it's a pass-happy league. How has he done it? By any means necessary. I don't know why we always look for ways to knock Lamar Jackson. Just because it's unconventional doesn't mean it's not effective. And I think this year, with Todd Munkin as his offensive coordinator, he's going to show you a new facet of his game. Just because you haven't seen it from him doesn't mean he can't do it. All right, it is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, along with a marathon runner, 
and a guy who went on a Super Bowl run. I'm a front runner. Uh, let's go to <laughs> Nuno with the next question. Run EMC. All right. And, Evan, I'll start with you. Is this Baker Mayfield's last chance to prove he's a starter? I feel like this is the third year in a row we've asked this question. I I don't know how he does. Yes. You know what? I'm going to say yes because he has a replacement next year. I don't mean with the Bucs. I mean as the, quote-unquote, failed number one overall pick who's now going to bounce around to other teams. Baker, Kyler Murray's coming for you. He's going to be the stopgap guy. He's going to be the bridge guy coming up in the future. So, yes, Baker Mayfield's last chance to prove that he's going to be a starter for the third year in a row. I think he's already proven that he's not a starter. Baker well, May- he's starting. Well, he's, sta- he's starting, <laughs> yeah. but he's relegated to bridge quarterback status. The only reason that he's starting is because the Bucs ain't got nothing else better to do. He has something to do when there's nothing else better to do. That Drake line, that is Baker Mayfield right now. That's who he is for the rest of his career. He's had opportunity after opportunity it just so hadn't worked out I bet you kind of regrets not taking the deal that the Cleveland Browns have for him in the last year's contract but that's neither here nor there Baker Mayfield as a starter long term as a future face of the franchise for a team those days are long past so you're saying he's here for a good time not a long time there you go yeah I'm with you I feel like we have this conversation all the time but I think that if Baker Mayfield doesn't do something very dramatic with this time with the Bucks. That this is going to be the last time we see him as a. Starter. Wait, do you have a? Do you each have a friend that you hang out with when you have no other friends to hang out with? Because that's what you kind of just said. Yes, yes. You know who? Like in your head, yes. you can. Yes. You're like, oh, yes. Jim is free. Yeah. I got tickets to a game. Everybody else is busy. I know Jim's free or whoever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, there's, have there's that small, that you have that person? No, I don't have that person. My friends are always booked and busy. I'm that friend. I'm the one. You're that, the friend? I'm the one that always gets no invited. Chance. No, yeah, shot. No, shot. no chance. No shot. No chance. No chance. Oh, you Michelle could... will go. No chance. Yeah, no shot about no that. No chance. What we got, Nuno? All right. Uh, Canty, I'll start with you on this one. Does Champagne have anything to prove lose this year? No, because if it doesn't go right, it's going to be Russell Wilson's fault. I think we've already established that, right? He's the one that's been put on notice. I mean, Sean Payton all offseason has talked about having to change things. He took it away the parking spot, took away the office on the second floor, took away access for all of Russ's quote-unquote people, and then he told Russell Wilson, you need to start worrying about Russ, Inc., and start worrying about being a quarterback. So, no, Sean Payton has already greased the skids. If this team doesn't have success this year, they're going to scapegoat Russell Wilson. That is how it goes. And listen, for a guy that's making $48.5 million, I don't feel bad for him. Um, nothing to lose, but I also think this entire situation is fascinating. Sean Payton really wanted to be the coach of the Chargers. I will forever uh, believe that. And the Broncos wanted Aaron Rodgers to be their quarterback, hence why they hired Nathaniel Hackett. So the Broncos are Payton's second choice, and Russell Wilson is the Broncos' second choice. It's a combined second choice. And can they be each other's first choice is the question. I don't think he has anything to prove, though. I don't think he has anything to prove either. Everything you guys just said is true. Uh, Russell Wilson will be the fall guy if this doesn't go right. Also, let's not forget the comments he made to USA Today about Nathaniel Hackett. He already very publicly outlined the mess that he inherited. So if it doesn't work out, we're going to blame Russ, but we're also going to look at what he had to take over and say – how quickly do we really expect him to turn it around? Well, Russ is going to be awesome this year, and you guys are all going to be wrong, and Russ is going to look like the Hall of Fame version of himself that he once looked like. Deal with it. Yep, deal with it. Yeah, because your sports taste is NFL season is off to a great start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> disrespecting the Chiefs. One day. Okay. Wake up, he said. Yeah, that's right. Keep disrespecting the Chiefs. Just saying. Keep doing it. Coming up, how would you define success for the rookie quarterbacks? We'll get into that next on Sportsman Like an ESPN Radio. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We got to address something right now, if. We got to address something right now. All right, let me get us back here. Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU. She is Michelle Smallman. I am Evan Cohen. What's her name again? I can't speak to that. <laughs> Michelle. People have trouble with my name. I think it's because there's a lot of L's. How Michelle many L's? Smallman. Thank you. There you go. Chris Candy. How many L's? Four. Four L's. Okay. But people, or maybe it's the she's Michelle Smallman, the S's, the alliteration. Yeah, she's Michelle Smallman. People, people Saying that three times it. fast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That could happen. Well, whatever your name is. <laughs> and him, me, and her. Yeah. Her, me, and him. There we go. We're here. So you... You speak, you, you. Now, I feel like I'm, you know, the Martin Lawrence. Yeah, bad, yeah, I, I know bad exactly okay. what you were doing. Yeah. I didn't know. I just found it out I there. I know. I, I gave you kind of the deer in the headlights, right? By the way, I don't like, this bothers me. I don't like that people hate on Bad Boys 3. It, it was not bad. I'm looking forward to Bad Boys 4 coming out. But it out. wasn't good, though. It, it's Bad Boys. I don't care. I'll see yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Rocky, movie. it's like the Rocky movies. They keep coming out with them. I'm going to keep watching them. Exactly. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I'm all about Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. I'm yeah, with Creed 3 was... Fine, but if Michael B. Jordan's in it, I want to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Simple as that. You know, there are certain franchises that were, they're just going to rope me in with the hook. I get it. But here's what we got to get to. What's the matter? My former co-host, Chris Carlin, the big fella. Our fashion insider. Uh, our fashion insider. You know, yeah. fashion we week. Love September is a really busy time for him. Yeah. They just had a promo on ESPN Radio saying that him and Joe Fortenbaugh were first to say that the Lions were going to upset the Chiefs. Well, let's have everybody take a listen to this, because maybe not everybody heard this. This is basically an ESPN Radio commercial for all the great shows we have across ESPN Radio. Carlin vs. Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time here on ESPN Radio. Great show, great show. Let's take a listen to what they had to say. Friday, Carlin versus Joe. We told you first, Lions get the big win. First upset of the season in the books. I found at least three more on Sunday's card. Yes, you did. It's Friday, Carlin versus Joe. 12 noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. What? So what's the problem? <laughs> what do you mean? How were they first? What You're are you right. talking about? You're right. I said it. You're right. I How, pretty- no, right. No, no. <laughs> I literally put it on my Instagram right after the show. That the no Kelsey, no Chris Jones equals upset alert. How the hell are they the first? Correct me if I'm wrong. We come on at 6 o'clock in the morning, don't we? Yeah. I believe so. What time do they come on? Noon? Eastern, yeah. How the hell were they the first ones to say the Lions could upset the Chiefs? Is there a chance they said it the day before you said it? No. You said it on Wednesday. Is there a chance they said it on Tuesday? No, there's no chance about it. And we talked about it. We talked about it all all week. We've been looking forward to it all week. It's NFL Christmas. That was the first game. We said if they don't have Chris... Jones, or they don't have Travis Kelsey, that the Kansas City Chiefs should absolutely be on upset alert. That's exactly what we said. And we didn't move off of that position. 
That's why Smalls and I took the Lions plus four mm-hmm. and a half last night because we thought they that they would cover and we thought there was a chance they could win outright. How the hell are they the first ones to call the upset? I don't know how they could claim to be first unless they, they did, did it though. earlier in the week. Now, it's good that you don't care about being right. <laughs> I mean, it's good that you just go with the flow on that. He gets so bothered. He's like, how, bothered. How, how dare, dare Carlin say how that? They? I mean, if you want to say you were right, great. But don't say you were the first ones to do it. Not only did they say it, they made a promo about exactly. it. Exactly. They want to keep reminding you that they were the first to say right? it. Right? I think we should now counter promo and just be, hey, we're the second ones to say it. <laughs> we should. We are. Hey, join Even us. we're the first ones on air, <laughs> yeah. we're the second ones to join say us. it. Join us. Here we go. Here's a promo live on the air in three, two, one. Hi, this is Evan Cohen. Join Unsportsmanlike Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern. We'll be the 14th people to break down the Lions and the Chiefs here on ESPN Radio. Actually, I'm sorry, Evan. This came out on Wednesday. I posted that Wednesday morning on Instagram. Oh, so you were early, early. I post not Thursday morning. I posted it on Wednesday morning. So maybe on they, ha- they had to do it on Tuesday. <laughs> Coming up on a Tuesday. That's what wow. they had to do. Going up on a Tuesday. Yeah. All right. I said it wrong. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. All right. So now we got beef with Carlin versus Joe. We got beef. Yeah. We got beef. We I got hope beef. they know. And we I got didn't beef. think. And I didn't think it would be that way. But you know what should have tipped me off? Joe Fortenbaugh's mustache. When a man has a mustache like that, it makes him hard to trust. Why is that? It makes it just Give makes me the logic behind it. I just don't because I need to know that. You know, and listen, if you want to have facial hair, that's cool. You want to have yeah. a beard, that's great. Okay. But if you just go mustache, something I don't know. Okay, so, so judge, about judge that. or rank, excuse me. So, the guy, fa- but I mean, mustache, and then he went with the vest all week. Joe Fortenbaugh Three wearing piece. the vest. There you go. There you go. My wife has told me, be leery of men that wear, wear, wear vests. I'm just saying. So okay. leery of a mustache and a vest? Yes, Wait, exactly. like a bubble so vest? He's, he's double leery? No, not the bubble vest. Like the vest a, vest. Like the vest like vest like you would wear with a suit. Uh, what are you, but if, aren't you but wearing? I'm wearing But you're not a man. It's, it's, it's you're a, not a man. Vest. You're it's not a, a man. Vest. But I'm just saying, if you're wearing the vest with no jacket as a man, like it's a part of a three-piece suit, but you don't have the sport coat on, if you have just a vest, it's kind of weird, but when you add the mustache to it, I don't know if we can trust you. Is it situational with the mustache? Like, I would never look at Tom Selleck and say, that's a suspect guy. Good point. You know what I mean? Good he point. Owns he that owns that mustache. It. I don't think I don't anyone. Know, those d- reverse mortgage commercials, can you really <laughs> trust Tom Selleck? Can you really trust him? Can you really trust him? I have a theory on mustaches. Here's a theory on mustaches. Okay, tell me, tell me. Anyone under the age of 45 that has a mustache is doing it as a bit. Nobody's ever. They're trying doing to be it for, ironic. They're trying to be funny. They're trying to be ironic. Nobody and Joe is doing it as a bit because he does it for his survivor picks. Okay. But I don't believe anyone that has a mustache under the age of forty five does it for anything else but a bit. Yeah. Nobody. Well, do we, do nobody we have Ford and Boss survivor pick this week? Because I'm hoping oh, that he loses. Well, he we lost, gave it out first. He lost week one. <laughs> <laughs> he lost week one last year, and he shaved it. So I just, I just want to do what's in the best interest of our radio network, and I feel like it's in our best interest. The sooner Ford and Boss shaves the mustache. Yeah. So so far in terms of the callouts. We have Harry Douglas calling me out about my outcast take that I said outcast is overrated. Harry, uh, with Freddie we Coleman. called you out. As I know, but I'm saying yeah. the cross show callouts. Yeah. What we have, yeah. just so we're going to list them here. The cross show callouts. Okay. We have Harry on me with the with the take of the outcast. So Harry yeah. and and Freddie Coleman, of course, three p to seven p Eastern time. We have you, Canty, of Carlin and Joe yeah. on both the wear first and the mustache vest, vest combo, combo. package. Yeah. 
And I believe we have Greeny and Hembo on you, correct? Absolutely. So Greeny went up and in on my Lamar Jackson for MVP take, and they were saying, how, I think the word was erroneous from Hembo. Erroneous? Yeah, big word usage by Hembo. I would, I would challenge him to spell it. I know he knows how to use it. But don't anyway, lie, um, oh, my, whole, my whole point is this. Why are we saying that Lamar Jackson can't win an MVP because he's in year one of a new system with Todd Munkin? It's going to be a pro-style offense. He ran a pro-style offense in Louisville under Bobby Petrino. The Greg Roman offense was the departure in terms of what Lamar Jackson has been used to throughout his whole football career. So why is it that we think he's not capable of winning an MVP because he's going to be in an offense that's that's going to be more spread and more evolved in terms of where today's NFL offenses are. I I just don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense. And again, to the point I made earlier, with Lamar Jackson, defenses are going to be in a tougher spot because when he does decide to run, it's not going to be as predictable. There are going to be less designed runs, but that doesn't mean he's not going to use his legs. As a defensive lineman, I'm not scared on the quarterback design runs as much as I'm scared of the quarterback pulling the ball down when there's nothing open downfield and taking off and scrambling. That's when guys like Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson are most at their danger. They are most dangerous in those situations. So why are we to think that Lamar Jackson can't play in at an MVP level and win an MVP this year? So Small's got to call somebody out then. Now you're responding to that call out. You want to call anybody out? You good? Or are you going to wait on that? I mean, we probably should put Ether from Nas underneath the yeah. bed yeah, while we're doing right. this, just right? Just doing the, the call-outs? Like, just calling out people. What we if I called out the most shocking person of all on ESPN Radio? Who's that? Freddie Coleman. We'll find out why. Coming up, it's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.